It's the Mike Rogers Show coming to you live from Tokyo, Japan, the year and special. And I'll be with my good friend, Evan Borgold. And you can tune into the Mike Rogers Show. We play Japanese music, Japanese pop, Japanese. Uh, uh, and you can win a bazillion dollars on this show. I don't know how you can, but maybe, you know, if you listen to the show, maybe you can somehow, maybe buy a raffle ticket or something. The Mike Rogers Show, yes, tune in. We're going to have our year-end top five countdown. It's going to be way cool, and you can hear more good songs just like this. and wenches, welcome to episode 319 of No Borders, No Race. I am your King Debbie Duck Evan Borgo. Thank you once again for tuning in. As the next couple of months go by, I am taking advantage of seeing many bands I've cherished for years live. A week ago, I had the opportunity to see the new pornographers put on an amazing show at the Royale, with Nico Case shining brightly behind the mic. In a bit, I'll be seeing the likes of Avatar, Man with a Mission, Fucked Up, Franz Ferdinand, and Pixies performing with hopefully maybe one or two more gigs that will be announced sooner or later. After all, outside of Man With A Mission, I don't know if any of these acts will be coming to Japan anytime soon. It's why I think God's playing a horrible trick on me when the likes of Mr. Bungle, Death Clock, Beast in Black, and The Hives are all coming to Boston after I leave for Japan. I've always wanted to see these acts live, and I do not know if their popularity level in Asia is strong enough to warrant gigs in that vicinity. And if they did come, they'd probably only stick to the big cities like Tokyo and Kyoto. And considering I have no idea where I'll be teaching in, if it's not anywhere near the big cities, I will probably be screwed out of watching them live. So yeah... That's a first world problem conundrum that I am dealing with. Hopefully something will work out and a band that I've yet to see live will come to Japan. Of course, I am fortunate enough to be moving to a country where most of the bands I like reside in. So I guess that is something of a silver lining. You can't have all of the victories, so I guess I should just take the ones that I have been gifted. But... You know, enough rambling. Let's start today's podcast. This week, it's all about Dungeons, Dragons, and Hugh Grant? The Muppets hit the recording studio, and two kids with a sleeping disorder do their best to enjoy the nightlife however they can. Plus, we wrap up our coverage of the local acts performing at this year's Boston Calling. So let's commence with the playlist. Remember, as always, if you like what you hear would like to support these artists, you can find their music on CD Japan, Amazon, Yes Asia, Apple Music, Spotify, Bandcamp, the band's official sites, and your local record store. 
We're starting off the show with the latest from Maul Moon, whom some of you might remember from the series Assassination Classroom. Last year, the duo of Yuka and Kosuke Masaki also got married. Gonna guess uh, that was a long time coming. Anywho, here are Maul Moon with, I think it's a song about them getting married. It's called The Best Day. <laughs> This is Phil the Issues Guy from IssuesProgram.com and Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Do you like television? Do you like talking about television? Do you have problems and can't sleep at night? If you any of those things are true, come on down and join Phil the Issues Guy on YouTube. Phil's recap and review or check out IssuesProgram.com to check out our stuff. Basically what we do is we talk a lot about television, some movies, but mainly television. We do post-episode recaps, live viewings, drunk commentary games, and just general analysis. So if you love television, you don't have a ton of people to talk about television, or you just cannot get enough of some of these awesome shows like Vikings, Better Call Saul, Westworld, Game of Thrones, even The Walking Dead, and some other random shows that just pop up here and there. If you cannot get enough of all those programs and you want to talk about them, Jump on over, join in the live motherfucking chat with some of the best people in the world that all share their thoughts real time whenever we go live. So if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, you follow the YouTube channel by clicking that little bell thing, you can find out anytime we go live. You can also check out issuesprogram.com for a backload of all of our stuff and check out our podcast on Stitcher, iTunes, and lots of other places. Huge thanks to all of you and hope you check it out and hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk to you guys next time. 
with Buster that comes off of their new album Dance Hall Magic which is exactly what Bradio brings to every album. Now I'll be the first person within my group of nerdy friends to admit that I have the least amount of Dungeons and Dragons experience. In fact, I can count on one finger how many times I've done tabletop role playing which there's audio evidence of in a wicked anime episode. But the lore of Dungeons and Dragons is something that has always intrigued me. As it took fantasy elements and sprinkled in modern day thought processes, as you know, improv is the true nature of the game, and I feel like that was captured perfectly in the latest film, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves. Taking place in the Forgotten Realms campaign, Honor Amongst Thieves follows the bard Edgen and barbarian woman Holga as they escape from imprisonment and seek to save Edgen's daughter Kira. She is kept safe by their former friend Forge, who turned on them in order to do some bidding for the evil Red Wizard clan. 
with the half-elf Simon and the tiefling druid Dork on their team, Edgin and Holga set off on a quest to clear their names, save Kira, and quite possibly find the Tablet of Reawakening to bring Edgin's wife back from the dead. There are two things that keep Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves working throughout its run. The first thing is its cast. Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez are a perfect pair as Edgin and Holga, with a camaraderie that feels natural rather than forced. Justice Smith has some great laughs as Simon, whose magic skills only get slightly better as the story goes on. Perhaps the best on-screen presence is, shockingly, Hugh Grant as Forge, who looks like he is having a ball being evil on-screen. The other thing that makes this Dungeons & Dragons film work so well is its sense of humor. Many times I was watching this film, it felt like the dialogue was more akin to how people in today's world talk, rather than something like the pre-Renaissance period. It has the snark and tongue-in-cheek attitude of teenagers playing a board game, which I'm kind of surprised that the film didn't go the route of, you know, going back and forth between the fantasy world and watching a group of friends in a kitchen or board game cafe playing the game. My favorite scene, personally, is the graveyard one, which has Edgin forced to ask five questions to every corpse until they seek what they're looking for. Um, I really don't want to spoil the magic of it, but it is super funny. Speaking of magic, that's where Honor Amongst Thieves shines the most. I was in complete awe of the chase sequence where Doric kept shape-shifting into different people and animals. On top of it being done so fluidly, it kept the excitement levels at their most maximum all throughout the chase. However, one thing, magic-wise, that kind of surprised me was that, despite it being called Dungeons and Dragons, only two actual dragons show up in the entirety of the film. And no, the stone golem doesn't count. Then again, it's still more than one dragon. So I guess the title doesn't lie. Anyways, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves brings back fun to the fantasy realm. It knows when to be funny. It knows when to be serious. And it certainly knows how to keep a person's attention for over two hours straight. I don't know if there will be any sequels, but considering how huge the game's lore is, I wouldn't be too surprised. Check out Honor Amongst Thieves on Paramount Plus for yourselves, and I'm certain you'll easily be enchanted by its lovable characters, adrenaline pump in action, and the magic it casts from start to finish. Paralia are back with a new album called In Clash with the Zygus, which arrives on August 25th. Here is the first single from that album, and it is called Sunshine.
passion, freedom, knowledge. The Abstract Japan Podcast at abstractjapan.com. Renegades from last year's Luxury Disease album, 1OK Rock, will embark on their most ambitious Japan tour this year, which will have them playing in every dome venue in the country. Uh, good luck to those guys. Hopefully, they will sell out every single one of those spots. Since Disney took over the Muppets, Jim Henson's creations have seen their share of ups and downs. While the two recent Muppet movies were great, things went downhill with the series Muppets Now, which tried to modernize the Muppet show in the worst way possible. It also didn't help that they got rid of Kermit's puppeteer and replaced him with someone who sounds nothing like Jim. 
Thankfully, you don't have to deal with the wrong-sounding Kermit in their new Muppet Disney Plus series, The Muppets Mayhem, with its focus being on the most popular puppet band around. That's right, at long last, we got a show about the best part of The Muppet Show, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. After being together for five decades, the band has seen all and done all. Well, except for one thing. Record an actual album. That's where Nora, a junior A&R executive for a dying record company, comes in as she discovers Dr. Teeth signed a contract to make an album, but never delivered. As such, Nora must do her best to get Dr. Teeth, Floyd, Zoot, Janice, Lips, and Animal to crank out an album that could save the record company. The Muppets Mayhem is filled with many nods to the classic Muppet show alongside some great parodies of some of the greats in music. And unlike the recent Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 2, the parodies are actually filled with great jokes and one-liners, rather than just references without a zinger. Although there is a bit more of a focus on the human characters of Nora and the Dr. Teeth groupie Moog, the Electric Mayhem are what carry this show towards some fantastic moments. Of course, the best part of the Muppets, Animal, steals the spotlight like he deserves to. On top of falling in love with Nora, he has some of the series' best comedic moments. There's one episode where Animal thinks he's getting replaced, which makes him go out and try to find a new job. It's followed with one hilarious visual gag after another, until he finds one kind of job that he seems like he was born to do. I won't spoil the punchline here, as it is a sight that's too funny for words. However, my favorite episode of The Muppets Mayhem is easily the fifth one, where Nora rents out a cabin to help the band get out of their songwriting funk. What follows is a hilarious journey that pokes fun of dabbing acid in the desert. Of course, being a Disney property, you can't really have the band do drugs, so they do the next best thing. Though, let's be honest, when you have Cheech and Chong hanging out with you, you best bet that every one of those band members is smoking something a little funny. It's the music that made Dr. Teeth the best part of The Muppet Show, and there's a bountiful of great songs on this program. On top of throwbacks like Can You Picture That and covers of The Beach Boys and Cyndi Lauper, the new songs like The Sound of Us and Gonna Get There feel like Jim Henson-era classics. A lot of credit has to go to songwriter Linda Perry, who had her hand in hits for Pink and Ariana Grande, and finds sounds and lyrics that fit perfectly with the Muppet lineup. The Muppets Mayhem is the proper way to bring the Muppets into the 21st century. I dug what they tried to do with the sitcom a few years back, but this adventure with Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem is how I hope to see other future Muppet shows and specials go down. You know, besides getting the actual, legit Muppet show back on the air with modern guests, which Disney should absolutely do, but for some reason, they don't listen to all the fan feedback. Nevertheless, The Muppets Mayhem is certainly a step forward in the right direction, one that's both in tune and in the groove. Link Toste Cigarette are back with a new song that's featured in the new Psychopath film, Providence. And no, it does not take place in Rhode Island. I checked. 
I'm probably gonna fuck up this song title, but maybe not. Here are Link Toast to Siguru with Alexa the Myosphere.
Star Trek to Back to the Future, we've got your pop culture reactions and news over at LeaguePodcast.com. The League of Ordinary Gentlemen comic book podcast is more than just comic. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts on social at League Podcast. Use once and destroy. Signal servings of pain. is what we in the business like to call a motherfucker. Queens of the Stone Age with Emotion Sickness in Times New Roman is the new album, which drops on June 16th. And I reckon the rock world right now is shaking in their boots. Queens of the Stone Age will be playing the last date of this weekend's Boston Calling. And speaking of which, let's conclude our Boston Calling 2023 edition of the Beantown Sampler. (laughs) 
As I mentioned, Boston Calling 2023 happens this weekend at the Harvard Athletic Complex in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Our first act today is Najee Janay, a rapper and poet from Roxbury. He's been in a rap game for a decade and has been influenced by the lacks of Bad Pun, whose track I Don't Wanna Be a Player No More was the first rap song he heard. Najee Janay will be playing day two of Boston Calling and from his Four Agreements EP is This Ain't The Way. I'm down on luck, should I just give it grace? Ain't no point in running off, this is not a race Nobody asked for the ashes, y'all keep passing me by and past this This year I focused on fasting, I had to clean my actions Too much fog in my glasses, I don't show up late for fashion Flood the streets, no flashing, I ain't flashing I just roll on and keep laughing By the deck they call me captain, who's this after? What's the caption? Miss me with the bullshit snap because I'm happy I ain't lacking here, sit and enjoy what's happening Like music chairs, here's a tip and ticket dog Ain't nothing fair unless you take it there Yeah, uh yeah, not looking back, no regrets, baby steps, hold your breath, inspect the set, then hit the deck, look to my right, then to my left, anytime that I feel... Do you hear that? Presenting a bold new adventure into Lovecraftian horror and black comedy, The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program's acclaimed second series, The Terrible Secret of Lot X. Sold to the woman in green. Estelle Thorpe has made a precarious purchase get anything good contents of automobile trunk back seat and glove box unsorted Mm, riveting but this auction win is more than it seems a deranged man tried to outbid me he confronted me afterwards that box you bought burn it if you know what's good for you he who is not to be named killed those boys and it's my fault just like he's gonna kill you to solve the paranormal mystery she's uncovered Estelle assembles an unlikely crew of curiosity seekers. Moses Cubbenfield, a renowned mountain man author. Estelle, ma'am, I, I, I promise that if you are trying to win me over, the odds are good, but the goods are odd. 
Cherry Featherbottom, a flapper who's more than she seems. I'm going to just be upstairs cleaning my gun. <laughs> Who are you, my dad? <laughs> Oswald Sinclair, Hobo King. That's not jam. That is definitely the opposite of jam. That is people jam. Anjana Ramakrishnan, Estelle's partner in a cult adventure. You summoned a demon and you don't remember it, darling. No firearms. Not right now. And Kenneth Rogers, a notorious gambler. I can play cards any old day, but chicken lunch at Thorpe Manor? Mm-mm. That sounds like a mighty fine time, I tell you what. Together, they encounter monsters above and below, and an unholy conspiracy that threatens to shred their sanity to tatters. This is startling and strange, but darling, we might be onto something here. This is why we came to Arkham, after all. Not for murderous grave robbers and disappearing children. The Necronomicon. Whatever your intent with this book, I caution you and say with all certainty, you will find more danger than answers. You brought me back. You, you are brought me back. Brought you back from what? This is not our world. This is not our world at all. When the dance is done and his infernal song rings loudest, there will be no lewd carnality denied to us. You leap onto this thing's back and bury your hatchet in its neck. He howls. I will eat you. Dear Lord, what happened to you? It's take too long to explain. We gotta get to get to the hospital. I'll tell you what right now, we, we can't go to the police with this. Yeah, I expect you're right. They'll put us in the sanitarium. I The air gives way to the crushing depths. You're drowning. You're drowning in a sea of yellow. In this program, our cast actually lives the terror. It's an improvised audio drama that uses Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu role-playing game and the wits of our players to weave these uncanny tales. This is a cinematic radio play where anything can happen, and these poor souls never know what's going to crawl out of the darkness. Discover the terrible secret of Lot X, the entire second series now available on your favorite podcast player. Just search for the Call of Cthulhu Mystery program or unlock all our secrets at CthulhuMystery.com. You don't know me. I can tell that you think that you do see. Did it hurt?
Their latest single, Hypothetical Girl. The band also released their debut album, Girls at Parties, this past January, and are already hard at work on a new EP. Little Fuss will be playing day one of Boston Calling. As someone who has their fair share of sleep anxiety, I can honestly relate to Ganta and Isaki, the main characters of the series Insomniacs After Dark. Based on the manga by Makoto Ojiro, the story follows the two students as they deal with their insomnia during and after school hours. What starts as a simple hideaway in the abandoned observatory transforms into the two revitalizing the school's astronomy club. From there, Ganta and Isaki do their best to learn all they can about the stars, how to properly film them, and even grow closer as the days go by. There's a strong bond that occurs between Ganta and Isaki, and it has very little to do with their insomnia. Well, it's more of the fact that it's not the only thing they have in common, but it does result in them hanging out a lot more, taking late-night strolls in the small town, taking pictures, and having former astronomy club member Yui teach them the ropes on how to properly capture scenery in a photo. The friendship grows more over that, but if Ganta didn't try to find a place to take a quick nap, he and Isaki's paths would have never crossed. While they don't exactly find a way to cure one another's anxiety, Ganta and Isaki do the next best thing, make sure neither of them are suffering alone with it. It can be a very big pain when you are unable to sleep when you want to, on top of having to do your best to keep awake when you have to as well. It's why it's refreshing to see a show where two people who suffer from the same problem are doing their absolute best to help one another with, well, having regular normal lives. Granted, they have to do it when the rest of the world is asleep, but beggars can't be choosers. The episode of Insomniac After Schools that has stood out the most for me so far has been the school trip one. With Ganta sleeping away most of the day, him and Isaki manage to sneak away from the campsites and take in the stars at the nearby ocean. It's very much a quiet scene, 
but it's brought to life with great beauty thanks to Gata and Isaki's facial and body language. Lying on a beach towel together, the two find a level of comfort that they've been seeking for years, with the night sky acting as a gorgeous backdrop for the whole thing. I've been very impressed lately with Leiden films, especially when it comes to how they bring the nighttime to life. Last summer's adaptation of Kotoyama's Call of the Night, one of my favorites of 2022, was one of the most gorgeous anime I've ever watched. And while Insomniacs After School doesn't quite reach the same heights in their character design, they do so in their scenery. I'm always in awe with how they're able to capture a night sky in such vivid, true-to-life ways, even going so far as to consider things like light pollution when it comes to its presentation. I'm curious to see what Insomniacs After School is leading towards, with Isaki hinting at something regarding her condition. Death flags get me nervous when watching a show, but hopefully it's just a situation where teens are just saying teen things. Nevertheless, with the upcoming event that the Astronomy Club is putting together, one hopes that it leads to some sort of awakening in Ganta and Isaki's life. Ironic, considering that the thing they need most is sleep. You can catch Insomniacs After School on High Dive, with Sentai Filmworks planning a home release somewhere down the line. I'll also reckon that an English double be coming out nearing its finale, or sometime after that. But if you want a really chill anime to watch, then give Insomniacs After School your attention. At the very least, it's one of the most gorgeous anime of the spring 2023 season. And now, we have reached the end of our Boston Calling 2023 edition of the Beantown Sampler. And the final act in our showcase goes by the name Chrysalis. They are currently a student at the Berkeley College of Music, and they strive to integrate their love for music with their passion for the liberation of oppressed peoples. Chrysalis combines both the writing about their life and making an effort to predominantly work with artists who are BIPOC and or queer. Chrysalis will be playing Day 2 of Boston Calling, and this is their most recent single, Denver. Honeycomb sticks to the roof of my mouth Got it on your shirt Since you were away Thought I would wear it out But I guess the lessons learned Trees in the fence bring you back to
paywalls, or shilling around, at Scarlet Rhapsody, we are an independent web zone covering conventions across the country. Scarlet Rhapsody breaks it down for you. The guests, the dealers, the culture, the cosplay, the trending fandoms, and what makes a convention worth the price of admission. Are you convention cultured? You will be. Visit us on the web at scarlet-rhapsody.com, Facebook at Scarlet Rhapsody Media, Twitter at Cons and Churros, YouTube at Scarlet Rhapsody Convention Cultured, and remember, the con is what you make of it, so make it a good one. See you at the con.
Brand new single from Scandal. That was Line of Sight. The band will be celebrating their 15th anniversary this October with shows in Osaka, Nagoya, and Tokyo. Dungeons and Dragons Otoro Tatsi no Hokori wa Mahoto Yu Moa o Supete Fukunde Imas Kasto wa Araisiku Komade wa Saiko des Kan Kesha Zenin ga Jinsei Supete no Jikan o Kakete Tagako no Yosan de Tsukura Leta Zisha Roleplaying o Miteru Yona Kibuni Narimas the Muppets Mayhem wa The Muppet Show no Sairyo no Boom Boom o Dokuji no Terebi Series ni Sita Sakuhin des. Sai Shu Tekini wa Miru Hito Zen Tanoshi Jikan o Tekyoshi Hageshiku Yusaburareru Shoga Umare Mashita. Mata Subarashi Sand Trakomo Tsuite Imas Korewa Data Tito Electric Mayhem no Show Nitote Motomo Juyona Kotogaro no Hitotsu des Saigawa Kimiwa Hokago Insomnia de Swimin Fusoko no Ninin Genki o Ataeru Sakuhin des Utsukusiku Animation Ka Sarete Ori Jinse no Dan Pentekina Monogatari Niori Ganta to Isaki no character ga hijouni kyokan dekiru mono ni natte imas. Karera no suimi no mandai wa sukuniwa naori so ni arimasenga. Kimi wa hokago insomnia wa sukunaku tomo kono ni nini. Karera ga kakaete ilu itami kara aru tane no nagusame o ataete kurete imas. My thanks to Mikio Hatori-sensei of the Cultural Exchange Initiative for helping to translate this part for me. Remember, if you'd like to know more information on the CEI, be sure to visit their website at ceinitiative.org. You can also follow CE Initiative on Instagram and Facebook. Tickets are also now available on Eventbrite for this year's re-event at Showa Boston, which will be happening on Saturday, June 3rd at 10.30 a.m. Penguin Research have just released their third album, Kyoko Biboroku, and are currently on the road in Japan until July. Here's a song from the new album entitled Hatana. <laughs> Slide, I'm 
I'm Manda, and together we're Black Compat. We're a growing community focused on diversity, inclusion, representation, conversation, and fun on Twitch. Want to be fam? For chill community vibes, Wednesday nights at 7, join BC Row for the Wednesday wind down. Friday nights, join us for Let's Plays where we explore narrative and single player campaign games. Stop by on Fridays at 7. Catch our flagship podcast, The Tribunal, live every other Sunday at 3 p.m where we talk about issues that are important to us as Black women. Issues like representation, inclusion, diversity, and more within the video games and entertainment industries. Check our channel and social handles to find out when a new tribunal is going to drop. We've got even more content on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter handles, and our website, blackandpat.com. So join in the conversation in whatever way you like at Black and Pat. Remember, always and never or. All times are Eastern. Spell with bright 
Gold Cross, their latest single from their upcoming EP, Falling Down, in stores June 23rd. And as you can guess, Bright Gold Cross is about the notorious folks in the world seeking quick religious redemption for all the bad shit they do, even though they have no plans to stop doing said bad shit. We absolutely know who those kinds of people are. Be sure to check out Suburban Spell's contribution next week on Shameless Tuesdays. Well, that about wraps up this week's episode of No Borders, No Race. Remember, for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos from the Boston Basher Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our show, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com, like us on facebook.com slash bostonbastardbrigade, and follow us on b3crew.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on Twitter, the J-Pop Video Games Anime Amino pages, Instagram, and Twitch at KingBabyDuckESH. Don't forget to give some love to our friends at Black Compat, which you can find at BlackCompat.com, Twitch.tv slash BlackCompat, and YouTube.com slash BlackCompat. Promotional consideration provided for this week's tracks from Paralia and Suburban Spell made possible by Shameless Promotion PR and a very special thank you to Navaris for your contribution to Shameless Tuesdays. CEI and Show of Boston's re-event will be happening on Saturday, June 3rd, beginning at 10.30 a.m. The Japanese students will be hosting some cultural events, and I will once again be emceeing the auditorium show. Our buddies, Aztec and Paranon from Hybrid Thoughts, Sherry Kubrick, and future funk master Mary Notilde will be performing at the event too. Tickets are now available on Eventbrite and you can click the link for it in this podcast post. On the next No Borders No Race, I'll be attempting to do something that I have only done in one segment of this podcast for an entire episode. It is already scripted and I might even start working on it immediately after I finish editing this episode. It's going to be a tough one to record, so please send all your You've Got This vibes this direction, pretty please. I have no idea why I did this to myself, but I feel like it's something that has been a long time coming. We are ending today's show with the artist Kitri, and this song serves as the end theme to this season's My Clueless First Friend. I will have my review up of that anime very soon, but I need to emphasize that every parent and kid needs to watch My Clueless First Friend. Here are Kitri with Kokorone. And until next time, this is your King Baby Duck reminding you that you don't have to be from Boston to be a bastard, but it sure helps.
This is your King Baby Duck Evan Borgo from the Electric Sisterhood and your host for the No Borders No Race podcast. Each episode, we play the best, brightest, and hottest acts from Japan, America, Europe, and the rest of the world. Every song spun is but a mere taste of what you can expect of the artists heard, so if you truly loved what hit your eardrums, please be sure to support these musicians and buy their albums, EPs, and singles. Places like Amazon.com. CD Japan, Yes Asia, Bandcamp, iTunes, and even your local record store are great places to plop down some sweet moolah to let those artists know that they're doing a heck of a good job with their melodies. The more an artist gets support from listeners, the better the chance that they'll come to a venue nearest you to play the sounds that won your heart. This message is brought to you by the Boston Bash Brigade, reminding you all to support your local, national, and international artists any way you can. (laughs) 